Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this is not only our final episode of 2024, but it's our final round of 2024 season previews. So today we're going to be looking at Utah, Kentucky, Georgia, and Ohio State. We'll talk about some of the incoming freshmen and where they might contribute, who these teams are losing, strengths, weaknesses, and what we think these teams can achieve this season. So we hope you all enjoy. As promised, we are back today with our final set of season previews before the 2024 NCAA gymnastics season gets underway in a couple weeks. Usually, as you know, we've been doing like a coach's corner where we have a head coach of one of the top programs on and then we preview the season with them. However, with season approaching very quickly and, you know, people going on break for the holidays and things like that, we don't have time to do that for every single team. So we're going to clump a bunch of them together in this episode. We have four teams that we're going to be talking about today, starting with the University of Utah, who finished the season ranked third last year. And I feel like it's been a minute since we've talked about them. So I guess a little update for you guys. I mean, I'm sure most of this is not news to you, but... Tom Farden is gone. He was placed on administrative leave back in November. And then like less than two weeks later, he and the university mutually parted ways, which I think was smart given that his attorney basically threatened to pursue legal action against Kara Aker and Kim Tessin, who both released statements um, and his reason being um, suing them for defamation and making false claims that he believes ruined his reputation. And the university obviously can't have that. The situation was only getting messier, I feel like, as each week was passing and season was just getting closer and closer. So with that, they promoted Carly Dockendorf to the head coaching position. She was previously the assistant coach. She's been with the team since 2018. So hopefully this provides the team with some sense of stability. I feel like they've been dealing with a lot of change and uncertainty during this offseason. I mean, they had several athletes leave the team and publicly speak out negatively about their experience while they were at Utah. There was Kara Aker announcing her retirement. That came as a shock to many of us. There was the entire investigation with Tom Farden and that, you know, the looming uncertainty that comes with that. Um, even the conference alignment stuff. This is Utah's last season in the Pac-12 before they go to the Big 12, right? Yes, they're going to the Big 12. And so there's that. There's just a lot. A lot has happened in this offseason. And I'm really curious to see how this team is going to respond to all of that. I personally, my theory is that they're going to like rally. And I feel like they see people kind of like rooting against them because of everything that happened. That's going to fuel them just like Oklahoma when they see the negative comments about them and how that fuels them to their success. Well, right. Like 2021 or whatever. No, it was 2022. Yeah, 2022. Where they were like... You know, they would like print off tweets, tweets, or Whatever. in that case, it was like something that Spencer said on the Valentine situation and put it up in the locker room and use it as motivation. And I could see Utah kind of taking that approach too. It was kind of like, I'm not saying that they're saying this. I'm, I'm just imagining that they could potentially have this like us against the world mentality and where like, they see people rooting for them to fail and then using that as motivation to not fail. It does happen. So that's an option. The other option is that the increased attention that the team has had surrounding them, not only in the preseason, but also I imagine when season gets underway, like people are still going to be talking about this and everything that happened. So that increased attention could cause them to crumble as well. Like that's always an option, but I'm kind of still leaning towards the first option. And like I, for some reason, I just have a feeling that like, because they've been a strong team. They've been third the last two seasons. I think. Yeah. I know last year they were third. I'm trying to recall years past, (laughs) but they've consistently been one of the top teams and they're still a really strong team, I guess, gymnastics wise. So as long as they are cohesive internally as a team, you know, unit, I still think that they can have a really good season. Mm -hmm. So they're losing quite a few gymnasts. They're losing... Probably most notably, Abby Brenner, who was a very consistent contributor on vault, bars, and floor. They're losing Crystal Issa, who was a huge scorer for them on bars and beam. Kara Aker, of course, was a huge scorer for them on beam. Jillian Hoffman, she was kind of in and out throughout her career on vault and floor, dealt with a lot of injuries, but really came through strong last season on vault for Utah. Sage Thompson was consistently in the bar lineup, and then Lucy Stanhope, another athlete that kind of dealt with some injuries and was in and out of lineups throughout her career at Utah. But She did a few vaults last year, if mm-hmm. I'm remembering correctly, but she wasn't like consistently in the lineup. But either way, that was a 10-0 start value for them. Yeah, so that is 
quite a few routines to replace. However, they do have some pretty talented freshmen coming in that I see being the type of freshman that can just immediately come in and start filling those lineup spots. Mm -hmm. Like, just looking at them at the Red Rocks preview, they already seem like they're ready to go. Yeah. Which is something that you don't always get with freshmen. Sometimes they need time to really transition and get not only their routines ready for college gymnastics, but also their mentality ready for college gymnastics. And I feel like these freshmen at Utah kind of are just like skipping past that phase. Like you said, they're just like ready to go. Yeah. Okay, so this is who they have in their freshman class. They have Elizabeth Gantner, who finished second on bars at Level 10 Nationals this past year. She was second all around and won bars and beam at Level 10 Nationals in 2021. She's a 27. Nastia Cup qualifier. Now, I think what'll be interesting about Elizabeth is if I am remembering correctly and, and researching correctly, she hasn't done vault or floor since 2021. So she had some sort of injury, I'm imagining, that has really limited her to bars and beam. Those are her best events, anyways, but. I think she initially coming into Utah maybe would have thought that she would have been, you know, somebody in contention for like an all around type position. Mm -hmm. She only did beam at the Red Rocks preview. And then, like I said, vault and floor we haven't seen and going on three years now. So that'll be interesting to see how she develops throughout her career and if she's able to get those events back or like what the plan is for her. We, mm-hmm. The unfortunate side of not having a coach on is that normally we would ask these questions. Now we're kind of like speculating a little bit, but we have not seen her in the preseason on any of those events. I think primarily beam and maybe a little bit of bars is where we're going to see her. Mm-hmm. Olivia Kennedy, she's a three-time level 10 national qualifier and the Georgia State vault and bar champion from 2018. She's somebody that I kind of see more as like a depth option for them. Mm -hmm. She did just vault, if I'm remembering correctly, at the Red Rocks preview. Yeah, I believe so. And she only has Yurchenko full. So they're one of the teams that are hoping to have a full 10-0 start value lineup. So like I said, I think Olivia will likely just be a depth option. But I think somebody that could develop. Yeah, I think the two biggest names in Utah's freshman class that they're going to rely upon to just step right in and fill some of these lineup spots would be Kemi Winger, who is an incredible all-around athlete. She was fourth all-around at Level 10 Nationals this year. She was second on beam at Nastia Cup this year. At 2022 Level 10 Nationals, she was second on floor and fourth all around. She was second on bars at Nationals in 2021. And then she was third all around and third on beam at Nationals in 2019. So she's been on the Level 10 scene for quite some time, has lots of experience. And then Ella Zerbies, who we're going to say right here, right now, we're not 100% certain that we're saying her name correctly because I feel like I've heard 20 million different pronunciations of her last name. There quite literally is like four different pronunciations so, and we don't know which one's right. So the I, announcer, always, oh I, I always thought it was Ella Zerbis. Like she was an elite gymnast back in the day and that's how the announcer in the arena would always say her name at like classics and championships. Yeah. So that's how I thought it was. But then during the Red Rocks preview, she was saying Zerbaz. That's the Utah like in arena announcer. Yeah. And then we asked Brenner and I'm like, she has to know, right? And she said it was Ella Zerbies. <laughs> but she also said she wasn't confident like fully in that. So who knows? I guess we'll go with what maybe Brenner is saying and then we can just blame her if it ends up being Ron. <laughs> I already told her that. I told her that I'm going to blame her if it's Ron. So I think we're going to go with Ella Zerbies. And then hopefully Utah will release a pronunciation guide and settle the debate. Yeah, because I know we can't always trust commentators to get it right. And you can't always trust the, like, in-arena announcers either. Like, they also sometimes mispronounce. Actually, not sometimes. They do quite often. So so the moral of the story is trust no one. <laughs> And when in doubt, ask the gymnasts themselves, which, you know, maybe one day we'll get her on the show and we'll get to ask her, or we'll just have the answer right then. I really, truly think we've had this conversation before. Schools should release pronunciation guides, and honestly, they should have it on the roster. Yeah, like UCLA has the girls actually saying their name. Yes, you click this little, like, button, and it's them pronouncing their name. It's amazing. And when Ashley and I have people on the podcast, we usually ask the athletes how to pronounce their name just to Unless their last name is, like, Smith or something. Right, if it's super obvious. But for a lot of the athletes we have on, we ask them how to say their name. So there's that. But (laughs) uh, we haven't had that chance yet, so... We're guessing right now <laughs> out of the many of options that we've been given. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, she, anyway, she's an incredible gymnast. She is the reigning level 10 national champion from this year. She finished second on vault, second on bars and second on floor as well. She also won in the all around and on bars at level 10 nationals in 2019. And then she finished second on vault and second on floor that year. So 
She's, she's huge. She's like a baby Jalen Gilstrap to me. Like her gymnastics is just so similar. Beautiful toe point in line. She kind of gives Miley O'Keefe vibes to me. Well, so what I was going to say, it's it's giving Jalen Gilstrap with a little bit more power. Yeah. You I feel can, that? Yeah, I can see that. So I think really honestly for Cami and Ella, Vol and Bars, I think is their most likely shot at a lineup. Actually, I wouldn't even say shot. Like I actually have them in the Vol and Flirt, or sorry, Vol and Bar lineup, yeah. both of them. They both have Yurchenko one and a half on Vol. They competed that consistently in their level 10 careers. Bars is a strong event for both. And then they both have potential on Beam and Floor as well, depending on, of course, consistency and just the depth that Utah has. Utah also has a transfer from Temple, Ashley Glenn, who is apparently a sophomore. Me and Brittany were like convinced I, that she was a senior. Yeah, or like maybe a junior. Like I would have bet a lot of money that she was a junior or a senior and then i found out that she was a sophomore and i was like oh really surprise like why do i have like zero memory of this we had her on a fantasy team last year too <laughs> well <laughs> anyway she's a know. sophomore yeah <laughs> and she brings a big yurchenko one and a half that utah would like to see in their lineup um also has some potential as well to maybe eventually you know contend for a spot in the bar lineup or beam lineup Yeah, she has a nice look to her i feel like she has a lot of potential on all the events really so i think this is going to be another really strong team for utah they have the potential to have seven 10 start values on vault so i feel like that's an event that they maybe have more depth on than in years past usually we see them have like several one and a halves or a 10 start value options but they usually don't have enough to give them like 10 start value depth, depth. if yeah. that makes sense which they they have right now because amelie morgan i don't know if we've talked about this at all yet on the show but she's training in your chanko one and a half and apparently looks really good in the all-around so that's something that i could definitely see utah using in their vault lineup and then also getting ashley glenn with the one and a half i mean there's not room for Jaden rucker grace mccallum who's doing the Yurchenko double this season mckenna smith who does the Yurchenko half on front pike off zerbis and wiener we mentioned have the one and a half zerbis sorry <laughs> here we go we're like this is how we're gonna pronounce it actually no we're not we're gonna revert back to what we were saying originally which is zervis it's a really hard habit to break when you're used to saying something a certain way and then you're trying to suddenly say it differently no i feel you i feel you i just had to make fun of you Anyways, I was saying with Amelie and then Ashley, that means that somebody with a 10 star value is not making this lineup, and that's also not factoring in their really nice foals with Miley O'Keefe and Jalen Gilstrap. So, And Miley usually doesn't pull out her foal until postseason anyways. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not expecting to see her through most of the season. And I think it's possible that with them having more 10 star values... Maybe they won't need her at all. And her being a fifth-year senior, they probably, unless she's like really wanting to... Which probably I, won't. I, I feel like she's come in in the past to kind of like save the day type thing. But then she just so happened to win the all around last year at Nationals. But she didn't do it like for the whole season pretty much. I, I feel like she's just called upon occasionally. Yeah. And like steps up when she's needed. But they might not necessarily need her this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we actually didn't see it at all. Right. It's always a possibility. But yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a strong event. I feel like I would maybe say Floor is their strongest. Yeah, I think they have the most depth options here. I mean, obviously you have people like Grace McCallum, Jaden Rucker, and Miley O'Keefe, who I would say are pretty much locked in the lineup. They're known to bring in those big scores, and they're pretty consistent. Um, But then you have, like, Abby Paulson, who's been in the floor lineup most of her career. Jalen Gilstrap is absolutely beautiful. Really had, like, a breakout year on that event Mm -hmm. last year. Um, McKenna Smith is also really great on floor. And then that's basically, with the exception of Brenner, that's the same lineup that they had last year. Yeah. And then you have Winger, Zerbies, Amelie Morgan. I would say those are probably, like, the top three depth options but that's pretty solid depth options so like that's what i mean i feel like floor is gonna be just as good if not maybe a little bit better than what it was last year Mm -hmm. and beam is an event that i'm really interested to see because i mean utah is known for their beam they were the number one team last year and i believe the year before as well they're always number one on beam like they're they're kind of the beam team you know but I feel like with losing Crystal Issa and Kara Aker, those are two athletes that are not only capable of going 10, but they're like pretty consistently, you can count on them to get a 9-9 plus score every single week unless there's like a fluke thing that happens. So to lose those two... It's like a pretty big core of your lineup, I feel like. And then you're replacing it either with a freshman or with somebody who 
you know, wasn't as consistent last season in the lineup or, you know, doesn't or historically hasn't scored as high on that event. Not to say that someone else can't step up, but that's where there's just a little bit of unknowns, I feel like. Yeah. I would say Grace McCallum and Miley O'Keefe, Abby Paulson and Amelie Morgan are, I would imagine, locked into this lineup. And then, like we said, the last two spots. Right now, I think we have McKenna Smith and Cammie Winger in, but Jalen Gilstrap is a very strong option. She's done beam in the past, just not as consistently. Mm-hmm. Ella Zerbies is an option. Elizabeth Gantner, we saw her at the Red Rocks preview. Actually, Sarah Crump as well. We saw her on beam at the Red Rocks preview, and I could see her potentially pushing and trying to make her way into that lineup. She I- has a really unique composition. I really like it. Yeah. And a really powerful gymnast, but also really, really clean. And if she can be consistent, I can see that being an option as well for them on this event. So we'll have to see. I think Beam is going to be the event that might look the most different this season, just with losing Aker and Issa, two huge names in the Beam lineup. I'll be looking forward to see, you know, who's going to step up and try to bring in some of those big scores. As far as the outlook for the season, I think it's going to be similar to what it was last year. I feel like they have the potential to be one of the strongest teams in the country yet again. I think that making it to the Final Four is a realistic goal for this team, winning the Pac-12 title. They have a very good chance of that. And I do think that, you know, being in the Final Four and it comes down to that final day of competition. They're the kind of team that can capitalize. Yeah, Utah is always in the mix. Last year in the semifinals, they looked amazing and was giving Oklahoma a run for their money and obviously posted the highest score that day going into the final round of competition. So yes, it's not exactly the same team. They are losing quite a bit of athletes who brought in the big scores but and we're consistent like most importantly yeah so it's but they have some good talent coming in and I think that if mentally they are in the right place and internally they are cohesive as a unit I think this team can still hang yes absolutely I think it's all gonna hinge on how close they can be as a team and really how they respond to one another So moving on to Kentucky, they finished the season in sixth last year. Actually, that was their highest finish in program history, which was super, super exciting. They've only qualified to nationals twice in program history. The last time was 2018. So this was quite a way for the Wildcats to go out. And they're basically returning pretty much the same team in terms of the routines. They've lost a lot of athletes. But the athletes that were really contributing to their lineups are still here on the team. And some pretty good freshmen coming in as well. Yes. Freshmen that I'm like so excited about. I feel like some of the most underrated freshmen are on Kentucky's team. Yeah. Like we're not talking enough about them. I remember when we were making our fantasy gym routine tracker, you know, putting it together and looking at the accolades and being like, wow, Kentucky has a really good freshman class. Right. Like better than I think most people are realizing at like a surface level. Like unless you're really paying attention to them. And I knew people were talking about Caden Gormley, so like I was familiar with her, but some of the other athletes, to be quite honest with you, I wasn't familiar with. But then just looking at their accolades and their career highs and, you know, upgrades their training or whatnot. I was like seeing their gymnastics. I'm like, okay, pop off. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I can get down with this. So Kentucky is definitely going to come to play this season, I think. So they're losing Reyna Alborez, who did a few beam and floor routines in her career, but wasn't really consistently in any lineups. McKenna Clark, kind of the same thing. She did a few floor routines in her career, but that's really it. Cassidy Howell did not compete. Ashlyn LeClaire transferred to Georgia. She basically did vault and floor towards the end of her career. There's also Shaylin Luxick, who was a contributor on bars and beam for them. And then Caitlin Guzman, who is now at Clemson, was a solid, consistent bar worker. Okay, so let's get into the freshmen. So Kentucky has six freshies this year. They have Delaney Rodriguez, who is the 2023 Level 10 National Champion on beam and floor, and she finished second all around as well. She is also the 2023 Nasty Lucan Cup Balance Beam Champion. So period. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's all you need to know. Well, I would add that in her Level 10 days, she was pretty consistent as an all-arounder. All of her career highs are above 9.8, with vault and floor being the highest at a 9.85. Which coming into college is perfect, honestly. Like, when you see scores like that across the board for an athlete, you're like, okay, this person is good. Like, they're... They're usually clean, they're usually consistent, and there's usually room for them to grow in some Yeah, way. you know how sometimes you have athletes that'll have, like, a career high of, like, 9.9 on vault, say, but then you look at their beam and it's, like, 9.3, and you're like, okay, so, like, they clearly have a weakness, 
Delaney doesn't have that. No, she's just really even across the board. And I think that that's going to be something that Kentucky is super happy and excited to have in their lineups. There's also Cicely Rizzo, who is the 2021 level 10 national champion on bars. And then in 2023 at regionals, she was second on bars and third on vault. So she did not compete at nationals. I believe she had some sort of injury. This is so bad. At one point in our fantasy gym routine tracker, we had a little note that she was injured and we had like basically where we had gotten that from. But I deleted it because she competed at their inner squad. And then now <laughs> we went back through like Instagram. We were looking through Twitter. We were trying to figure out like where we got that information from and we can't for the life of us find it. <laughs> so, so if anyone knows, uh, please let us know. But I guess it doesn't really matter because she was competing at their she inner squad. did and she the all good. around. So yeah, huge. <laughs> huge to have her back from her injury, allegedly. <laughs> She's somebody that we didn't draft in any of our fantasy teams because we thought she was going to be not necessarily injured, but like coming back from an injury. And maybe we just made that assumption because she wasn't at level 10 nationals. Like it's totally possible that we saw that and just jumped to a conclusion. Yeah, because we must have. I remember just looking through, trying to pick out gymnasts that I wanted to draft and seeing her name and being like, ah, oh, like I wish, I wish we could draft her. And then I'm like, well, I guess I could have, but now it's too late because I'm already at 10 teams and jo- that's where I'm capping out. Joke's on you. She wasn't actually injured. Okay. So then they have Sharon Lee, who is a 2023 level 10 national qualifier. And then at regionals in 2023, she won floor, was second on vault, second on bars and second all around. She's beautiful on bars and beam. Yeah. I really would like to see her crack into the lineup on those two events. Agreed. There's Kalia Lawrence, who is the 2022 North Carolina State Uneven Bar Champion. This is someone that I feel like is kind of one of those depth options. I could be wrong. I haven't really seen too much of her, but at least based off of her scores and her results, likely more of a depth option, especially on a team as talented as this Kentucky team. Uh-huh. Cadence Gormley, who, if you listened to last week's episode, our five fabulous freshmen to watch for, you already know the drill. You know that everyone needs to be a fan of her. She's incredible. Really has clean gymnastics at every single event. Training in one and a half on vault. But she's going to light up every arena that she's competing in with her Floridine. I'm already in love with it. And yes, I do have it memorized. I said in our last episode that I was in the process of memorizing it. I'm there. I memorized it. <laughs> I will. I have not done that yet. I'm going through the process of memorizing UCLA's. I'll get to Cadence next. <laughs> you have two weeks, so get to it. Cadence is the bronze medalist on bars from nationals this year. She's the Virginia State Beam Champion from this year. She won beam at nationals in 2019 and placed third on bars. So bars and beam is definitely her highest scoring events. That's the events that she's definitely racked up the most accolades on. But vault and floor, like I was, I think I was starting to say, and then you rudely interrupted me. She's training a one and a half, but she also has me <laughs> sitting here. You're oh. like, she's too stunned to speak. Her full is also really good. So either way, I see her still contending for that lineup. And then her floor, she recently upgraded to a tucked full in. And, you know, with her charisma and performance quality, I just have a really hard time. And also her leaps, her jumps. Are they leaps or jumps? I never know what to say. I mean, it depends on what she does. She's Most jumping. Of the, it's jumps. Yes. Most of the time it's jumps. Okay, her jumps. She extends like above 180 and it's so good. So I have a really hard time imagining that they're going to leave that out of their lineup. Oh, I see her being in very strong contention to do all around this season as a freshman. <laughs> Love it. And then rounding out the freshman class, there's Cresslin Bros, who was... My voice cracked. Did you hear it? <laughs> who it sounded like an elderly woman. <laughs> she was third on floor and third all around at level 10 nationals this year. And I want to say, I think she's really underrated. I do as well. She has a 10 on floor, you guys. A 10 on floor, and she's also training a 10 on start value on vault. So don't be surprised if you see her name in the conversation this season in the lineups. So the vault that she's training, as of this year, this is a recent upgrade that she's working on, is a front handspring, front pike half. Now she's competed the front handspring, front tucked half in her level 10 career, but that's only a 9-9 start value, which is why she's trying to do it in the piked position, because then she could have a 10-0 start. We haven't seen too many videos of it while she's been at Kentucky, but then again, we haven't really seen that many videos of Kentucky in general. We've seen some videos from their inner squad, but none of Kreslin Bros. Yeah. And I feel like that's a crime. Like, where are the videos of her? <laughs> One of our friends was there, and she tweeted that her floor was amazing, and that everyone's going to be, like, really excited to see it. But again, there's no video, unfortunately. So you'll just have to take our word for it. 
she's going to be really, really good on that event. And I think potentially other events as well. Someone to watch for this season, but also in the coming years. So one thing I want to mention with Kentucky is that they could potentially have a full 10 all-start value lineup on vault, which is a huge improvement from years past. They've never done that. They've never had a full 10 all-start value lineup. Yeah, so they normally have Ariana Patterson, who does the front handspring front pike calf. They have Raina Worley, of course, who does the Urchenko one and a half. And then they have Isabella Magnelli and Mackenzie Wilson, who also do the front handspring front pike calf. And then Bridget Bork. So she got injured last season at the beginning, like the beginning half of the season. We did see her do the Urchenko one and a half before the injury. And we've heard that she's training it again. So I'm hopeful that at some point in the season, maybe not like right away at the beginning, because she's working with her way back from an Achilles, which does take time and proper pacing. But like we mentioned, we've seen videos of her. She posted them on her Instagram doing your chankle full. And we received word from our secret insider that she <laughs> is training the one and a half. So like I was saying, maybe not at the very beginning of season. I mean, maybe, honestly, I don't know. But I would imagine at some point we yeah. can see that again. So like we said, potential to have a full 10 start by lineup. Not that it's necessarily going to happen because you're also then looking at Cicely Rizzo to do the one and a half and she only did the full at their inner squad and then like we mentioned Crestland Bros training that front hands being front pike half but has not competed and we haven't seen it yet and same with Cadence Gormley and her one and a half so they have like the potential to have maybe by postseason a full 10-0 start value lineup and have 10-0 depth <laughs> to pull from but that remains to be seen I think realistically it's going to be you know, what you're used to seeing, Raina Worley, Isabella Magnelli, Ariana Patterson. I think those are going to be, you know, they've been kind of like the key contributors in that vault lineup and they're going to continue to be, I would imagine. Um, and then some of the newer faces, the freshmen, you know, Bridget coming back from her injury, I think eventually might get there with that 10-0 start value vault, but probably not at the beginning of the season. But keep your eye on that from Kentucky. Something else to keep your eye on, we also got information from our like secret insider person that Jillian Prokaski, who did all around last year, has been dealing with an injury um, and that may limit her this season. So she only did bars and floor at the recent inner squad and it's likely that she will not do the all around this season, at least not consistently. So keep your eye on that. Looking at some of the other events, I think in terms of strengths for this team, I would say probably floor is going to be the strongest event. They're working with a mix of consistent veterans and some pretty solid freshmen coming in. I also think that Vault could contend for the strongest event with a healthy Bork and Rizzo. Mm -hmm. Like we just mentioned, they have a lot of 10-0 start value options and also potentially some 10-0 start value depth if everybody is healthy and progressing in the way that I'm sure the coaches are hoping. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with the floor lineup because Ariana Patterson, Haley Davis, and Raina Worley are such high scores for this team that I have a hard time imagining that they would take them out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. Magnelli's pretty good on floor as well. I could maybe see her being one of the ones on the brink of getting pushed out because you have Delaney Rodriguez, who I think I personally see making the lineup, and Cadence Gormley. As well as Cresslin Bros. You mentioned she has the 10 career high on floor. Obviously, it's going to depend on her consistency, but I would think that they'd want to make room for that in their lineup. See, I already hate this because I want all of them in. And you're basically telling me that there's not a chance that they're all going to be in. The good thing about that usually is that means that they can rotate people. So they can give, you know, someone like Raina Worley, who's a fifth year, a chance to rest and put some of these new freshmen in to give them some experience. So I'm sure we'll see all of these athletes at various points throughout the season. Um, But who makes that final lineup? It'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, because we haven't mentioned Bailey Bunn yet, Mackenzie Wilson, um, Jillian Prokaski, Bridget Borg, Cicely Rizzo. I mean, they have pretty good depth on this event. So yeah, some room to play around with the lineups. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the coaches decide to do there. As long as Cadence Gormley is in the lineup, I'm good. Listen, that's all I care about. <laughs> and then for a potential week event, I'm thinking maybe bars, just because they don't have as many strong depth options. I think they will have a solid bar lineup, but I feel like it's the depth. And that is important when you're looking at making it to postseason and being a healthy, strong team in postseason competition. Like you need to have depth that gets you there, you know, that right. helps get you through the season. Yeah. So that'll be interesting, but I'm excited to see what Kentucky does this season. I think that this is a team that a lot of people sleep on. I think they could make it back to nationals. I think... 
I don't know if I necessarily see them like winning the SEC title. Like I feel like that would be a little bit of like a high a high goal. Um, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. I think that they're in contention, but I think doing well at regionals and and making it onto nationals is something that is realistic for this team. Uh huh. Well, and I think you know, like we said at the very beginning of this, you know, with them not really losing a whole lot routine wise and then gaining some really incredible freshmen, I think it can make Kentucky even more so in contention than they were last year. And like we mentioned, they finished six and that was their highest finish ever in history. So, so they're going to be looking to build off that momentum a little bit. And I just feel like this team has some good vibes to them. Like yeah. I feel like they've had that energy building for a while now. So hoping it will culminate for them and another trip to the national championships and maybe even the final four. I laugh every time we do these previews. Because we say the same thing. I know. And I'm like, okay, so going by our logic, who's <laughs> actually going to make it? Because they all can't make it. Well, the issue is... We're not wrong. Like, I know all what these we're gonna people, do. you want to, you're going to put me on the spot and make me pick. At the end of this preview. I'm not prepared for that. Start preparing. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay. At the end of this, we're going to say our predictions. What I was saying is I think this speaks to how talented the field has gotten in NCAA gymnastics. I think that has a lot to do with NIL and more elite level gymnasts doing college gymnastics. That's part of my theory. I also just think seeing other teams have success no, kind totally. of fuels some of these other teams that haven't won an NCAA title or haven't won an SEC title to believe that they can do it. Right. I think all of these teams probably saw a team like Michigan win it in 2021 and it kind of like made the light bulbs go off. Made you and believe people it. people started thinking like, why couldn't we do it too, you know? Right. People besides Bama, Utah, Georgia, Florida, who else? UCLA. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's six. Did you say Oklahoma? Nope. I didn't say. Oh. Did you not? Really? They, oh my God. How do they do that? Oklahoma. <laughs> people besides all of those schools can you would, win. like expect to win or be like more in contention, I guess. But I really do think there's so many teams. That's why regionals is always such a bloodbath. Yeah. This is why I hate regionals every year because there's so many people that could actually be there. So many teams. I'm saying right. people. I should say teams. So many teams that are actually good enough to be at the national championship and they're just fighting for these limited spots. So is the national championships a possibility for Kentucky? It always, Absolutely. It is. always is. It's a possibility for every single team that we've talked about so far. Like truly, I believe that. I'm standing by what I said. Stick around to the end of the previews <laughs> because we're going to give you our teams for nationals and our four on the floor. Oh my God. Get thinking, baby. <laughs> oh, I'm stressed. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about Georgia. I but. know that they're not necessarily based on ranking and recent achievements considered a top team, but I'm really excited about the potential of Georgia this year. And I thought last season was going to be a good season for them. And honestly, I think it was better than like, it's I feel been. like they're taking baby steps, which yeah. is a good thing. They still finished the season in 20th, which isn't what they're wanting. I still think that they are capable of more than that. And I do think that this team in particular is capable of more than that. Thanks in large part to their phenomenal freshman class. Yeah. But we got to mention who they lost. And they lost a lot. Well, I mean, okay, they literally lost a lot in terms of physical bodies. But I think in terms of, like, routines, they didn't lose that much. So Josie Angeny and Sandra Elsadek both were fifth years. So they graduated. Josie did bars and beam. Sandra did floor and then some vault, but primarily floor. So that's really three routines there that you're looking to replace. Luli Hadaway did bars. Soraya Hawthorne did vault, beam, and floor. I guess maybe now that I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, maybe shit, they did lose a lot. <laughs> Madeline Crow transferred to Auburn. She never competed. And then they had four retirements. I almost said three. Four retirements. Jackie Moran, Maeve Hahn, Ariel Posen, and Sarah Cohen. All never competed besides Jackie on beam a few times and retired. So that's nine athletes that departed from Georgia after last season, which has to be some sort of record. I mean, I guess, I think maybe Utah State has that record. I, I would think so. But, like, it's got to be up there. And because of that, this is a very underclassmen-heavy team, which could be a good thing or a bad thing, I think, depending on how you look at it. There's a lot of youthful energy on the team, a lot of, like, fresh bodies on the team. But there's also not a lot of experience and maybe even potentially leadership and confidence. So I think the narrative is changing slightly even just after Georgia's first look which is like what they call their in arena inner squad meet 
I was actually pretty hopeful about Georgia this season because on paper, I think they're phenomenal with the freshmen that they have coming in and some of the big names that they do still have on the team. But there's been some injuries now that make it a little bit scary. Which is always what happens with them. And I'm yeah. like, come on. Like, this could have been, and it still could be, their year. And when I say their year, this is a team that, like, I don't think they're going to make nationals. This is a team that's, like, get into the, like, a big goal for them would be making it into the evening session at SEC And making it to regional and finals. And making it to regional finals as a team. And I getting think... some individuals at nationals, like, that would be a really great step forward yeah a step in the right direction for sure but I mean I still think that this team can do that like I I don't know maybe I'm being overly optimistic as a former Georgia fan in their like golden era but I'm a little bit unsure now with we don't know for certain but what appears to be the loss of Nia Howard I thought this was going to be like I mean she was phenomenal last year as a freshman don't get me wrong but I thought like Nia Howard domination era wasn't coming I mean she did it all around for them last year but she was training an upgraded one and a half on vault and was looking like really good in preseason like so good that on the 10 teams that Ashley and I drafted for Fantasy Gym we drafted her in like a solid like seven or eight of them yeah (laughs) and then we had a trader because she's historically had knee problems she has a knee brace back on she was on crutches my mind goes to acl and i'm just scared because that would be a long recovery and she was walking around we'd seen her like standing but with acls you can still stand and in some cases you can still walk it's just like you can't do gymnastics. And to be very clear, I'm not saying that she has an ACL injury. Um, I think that's just where my mind goes, knowing her history with knee injuries and knowing that she had a knee brace on and she was standing with crutches. Lily Clapper from Michigan tore her ACL and the cast and the crutches, basically her situation. Lily Clapper was also walking around and she tore her ACL. So that's what I'm, you see what I'm saying? Like I'm not... I don't have any insight, so don't, like, report this to College Gym News and put it on the injury list. I'm not saying that it's an ACL. I'm just saying that, We're like, honestly just speculating. It's, that could be a theory, um, which would be really unfortunate because that would mean that she is not back this season at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a huge loss for Georgia if she's out. And then we'll get into the freshman here in just a second, but Heather Parker, who is one of the freshmen, we had her in several of our lineups for Georgia, and... She was also seen on crutches at Georgia's inner squad meet. So are so. we off to a little bit of a rocky start? But it's fine. It's fine. Who else do we have coming in, Ash? Give us some good news, please. So Jada Battle, I'm super excited about her. She won vault this year at level 10 nationals. She was second on beam and third on vault at nationals in 2022. She got third on beam at the Nastia Cup in 2022. And then... She's actually also a level 10 national champion on beam and got second on vault in 2021. And she has an upgraded double layout on floor. She brings Yurchenko one and a half on vault. Really, really big gymnastics. I hope they put her in the anchor position on floor. If they have a double layout leadoff, which is what it looked like they were doing at their, what is it called? First look. I almost said meet the gym dogs. (laughs) I mean, that's a good name for it too. But the first look, they had her going first on floor. And I don't know if that was actually their lineup, like the intended lineup, but... I'm like, please don't put her in the leadoff spot. Like, this has to She's be She's the, the perfect supplement for Soraya Hawthorne. Yes. Being out. I agree. So. Not, I said being out. Like, I mean, like, she's gone. Transferring. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, they have Kelsey Lee, who won the uneven bar title at the Florida State Championships this year. She was also second on vault. Zora Morgan is the 2023 Level 10 National Champion on beam. And we've seen lots of her on beam in preseason. Yeah. And I think that she has a really great chance of making that lineup. She's beautiful on beam. She got second on that event as well at regionals this year. I think beam is probably going to be her strongest opportunity to make a lineup, but we shall see. Heather Parker, we mentioned, she's a three-time Level 10 National Qualifier, got third on vault at regionals this year, and is the 2022 Level 10 National Vault Champion. She has a career high of 9-9 on this event and was bringing in a really big, beautiful Yurchenko one and a half. Yeah, that we had personally locked into our lineup predictions for Georgia. Because why would Georgia not put you know, a 10 start value option that's solid in yeah. their lineup. Like that's something that they would want. So this is a team hurts. that had like hardly any 10 start values to work with that now had like so many 10 start value options to work with largely in part to the freshmen. And now they're slowly doing like, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Let me finish the freshmen. So Lily Smith, uh, 
so excited. Love her. Like, already a Tenno queen, you know? She got a 9975 on bars with their first look, and I'm a little bit like, okay, yeah, whatever, with inner squad meets when people get big scores. Yeah, but that was like... Her technique is so good. That was really good. And we all know that on bars, she's going to get, like, multiple tens in her career. Yeah, so I'm not really mad at it. She got second on bars and third on floor at nationals this year. She won the all-around vault bars floor and placed third on beam at regionals this year. <laughs> she got second on floor and third on bars at the Nastia Cup this year. She's the 2022 level 10 all-around national champion, as well as winning bars and floor from that year as well. Did I say the year? I think you did, yeah. 2022. Okay. Well, if I didn't, there you go. <laughs> so, like, she's pretty much done it all. And coming in is probably the most accomplished athlete on this team, in terms of the freshmen, I should say. Yeah. There's also Holly Snyder, who finished third on bars, fourth on floor, and fifth all around at Level 10 Nationals in 2022. She brings a really nice, piked full in on floor that I'm excited about. I feel like Georgia could use some Mm -hmm. big E tumbling pass to kind of, you know, spice up the lineup a little bit, if you will. (laughs) I should also add, she's a two-time Nastia Cup qualifier as well, so that's notable. Then there's Anya Turner, who is the 2023 Colorado State Champion on floor. She won beam at states in 2022. And then at nationals in 2021 and 2019, she was third on floor. And then rounding out this huge freshman class is Addie Wall, who comes to Georgia a year early. And they're going to be super excited to have her contending for spots in the lineups because she's phenomenal on vault and floor in particular, I would say, are probably her strongest shots at making a lineup. But it really can do the all around. Yeah. She is a silver medalist on vault from level 10 nationals this year. She won vault, bars, floor, and the all around at regionals. She qualified to the Nastia Cup this year. Finished second on vault at nationals in 2022, and then was fifth on floor at nationals in 2021. So a pretty solid group of freshmen, I might say. And Addie, we should probably mention at Georgia's inner squad, she did not do vault and floor. She also didn't do her beam dismount. Her mom said on Twitter that she had, I don't remember exactly what it was, some sort of like small injury, like she like broke her toe or something like small like that, but that basically she's expected to be back for season. So great news. Nothing to worry about there. So looking at the events, I think originally we probably would have said that Vault was going to be Georgia's strongest event just because they had potential to have seven 10 start values. But now with the injured Tania Howard and Heather Parker, who we had personally, we had locked in the lineup because like we said, why would you not have those beautiful Yurchenko one and a halfs in your lineup? That kind of changes the situation a little bit because now they're going to be, you know, not only having a Yurchenko full in the lineup, but they also depleted some of the depth that they have on vaults. And I still think it's going to be a good event. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they have Katie Finnegan doing the one and a half. They have Ashton LeClaire who came in and learned a one and a half. Haley Dion has upgraded her vault as well. She's doing the Urchenko half on front pike off. So this vault lineup is going to look a lot different and significantly better, I would say, this season than it did last season. Yeah, and even with the injuries to Nia Howard and Heather Parker, like it's still going to be a good event for them. I think, like you said, they just kind of depleted some of their depth and it's like season hasn't even started yet, which that I think is my biggest concern is Georgia doesn't have the best history in terms of like keeping their athletes healthy yeah so they're definitely going to take a little bit of a ding on vault especially if they're out for most of the season or out for the entire season yeah so that's kind of a bummer for georgia so with that in mind i would say maybe now bars i was really impressed with their bars at their inner squad you mentioned lily smith getting a 9975 and she just has absolutely stunning beautiful gymnastics on that event jeffrey scott got a 10 on bars yeah which i mean again like it's december like calm down (laughs) but like she also is really good on that event so that's great Haley DeYoung is beautiful on this event. Katie Finnegan, I think, would be a really strong option for this lineup. Holly Snyder. Mm-hmm. Amanda Cashman, I think. Amanda Cashman might be kind of lucking out with some of these injuries because... Now she's ri- making lineups again? Yeah, I didn't have her making, like, the vault lineup or the bar lineup. And then... Now we do. Now she is, just because of those injuries. And then, of course, there's, like, Jada Battle. Whoops. <laughs> there's Jada Battle. There's Addie Wall. Um, I could see maybe Kelsey Lee potentially making the lineup here. I think this is her strongest opportunity. Also, I really want to see Vanessa Denise on bars. Yeah. Has she ever done bars at Georgia? I don't remember. She's 
exhibition before, but she's primarily in the beam lineup. Her bars are beautiful. Her floor is beautiful. I remember when we went to Georgia, was it over a year ago now, mm-hmm. watching Vanessa practice. She was one of the people that like blew me away the most. She yeah. was like really, really good on every event. She didn't do well, but really good on bars, beam, and floor. I want to see more. Yeah. I want to see more of her. I do too. I think it's just a consistency thing. What about a weakest event? Um, I mean, it's Georgia, so I feel like you got to go beam. <laughs> like, it's just always a ride <laughs> on beam for Georgia and for most teams, honestly. But, like, they looked good at their inner squad. I was actually pretty impressed with how they looked on beam. Vanessa Denise, I think, has a really strong chance of making this lineup. Haley DeYoung, I think, is a no-brainer. Lily Smith, you got to have her. Zora Morgan, we mentioned, coming in as a national champion on this event. I'd imagine she'd be in. And then I feel like from there, it kind of just depends. Jeffrey Scott has been in the lineup. I feel like if she's consistent, I would imagine she'd be in again. Jada Battle is an option. Some of the other freshmen, you know, Holly Snyder, Kelsey Lee, Addie Wall, um, potentially even Anya Turner. I think this is probably her strongest event. So they have some options, but I think with their past and consistency issues and then having so many new faces, it's kind of a little bit unknown how things are going to go this season. (laughs) So that's, I think, where my mind goes when I think about a week event. I think I would need to see more from them Mm -hmm. to feel more confident in their beam potential. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I'm definitely bummed about potentially the loss of Nia Howard and Heather Parker because, like I said... I thought this could have been George's year to, you know, like, make it back to the evening session of SECs and to make it to regional finals. And, and you know like, what I mean? Just take a little baby step forward. Like, I didn't think they were going to necessarily be at nationals or anything like that. At least not yet. You but they still could have been a, a good team. And, and I think they still will. I don't want to, like, make it sound like they're doomed. I think this is a really strong team, regardless of injuries to Heather Parker and Nia Howard. They just got to stay healthy throughout the remainder of season. And like I mentioned a little bit ago, I think that's probably my biggest concern at this point in time. Because... Georgia does not have the greatest history with that, unfortunately. I really only have one thing to say in response to that. Georgia Gymnastics will win championships again. Good odds. That aged so horribly. I wonder how she feels about that. You think she feels, like, embarrassed? I mean, she probably just tries not to think about it, to be honest. Like, that was just a really, really bold thing. To go on record saying. She had to get the fans riled up. You know I what I mean? Under- it was I like- understand that, but, like, that is just such a great meme that she gave us. Yeah. I mean, it is a really bold thing to say for a program that, like, tanked pretty severely. And to have that confidence that, like, her, walking that in. That her presence would, like, bring the program out of the trenches. And that hasn't quite happened. But, like, you said in the beginning, I haven't lost hope. I feel like maybe this will be the year. Okay, so wrapping things up with... Ohio State was very highly requested. We asked you guys on X what you wanted us to talk about, and a uh, lot of people said Ohio State. I was really surprised, honestly. But we like Ohio State. They've been a really strong team in recent years. Finished 13th nationally last year. I gotta say, I do feel like they're kind of trying to rival Georgia a bit with the largest number of athletes leaving a team within <laughs> one year. They also had nine athletes to part their team between retirement well, I should say early retirement, regular retirement, and then athletes not, you know, coming back for their fifth year. So Stephanie Berger, who did bars and beam for them previously, retired. She was injured last year. So that was really unfortunate because she was somebody that was a really beautiful gymnast to watch. She's someone that me and Ashley always drafted on our fantasy team. So she was like my go-to bars and beam underrated queen. She was the Nia Howard of last year's fantasy team because we had her on like five teams or something and then she ended up not competing and then we found out that she retired and it was sad they also lost alexis edwards who was consistent for them on vault bars and floor i'm still devastated that she didn't take the fifth year it doesn't feel real to me yet like i think i'm just waiting for season to start and she's just gonna be there you know i was shook by it like i had a when we were preparing for this episode go look at her instagram and be like wait did she really just retire like that yeah like she didn't even i sound like personally offended i'm like (laughs) yeah she did i just watching her at nationals i didn't think that was gonna be her last routine no i didn't like fully appreciate her beautiful sky high double pike because i thought i was gonna see it again for another year (laughs) so i feel like robbed of that experience but we're wishing her the best also, Claire Gagliardi, she was a fifth year last year, so she retired, but she was 
floor for them. Floor queen. Consistent floor. There's Jenna Levac, who did a few vaults last season, and then she got injured, but... The year prior, her freshman season, she did vault, bars, and floor. She was somebody who I think had a lot of potential coming in. So that's definitely a disappointing loss. Sydney Jennings was an amazing vaulter. She also did beam for Ohio State. Random Malice did vault last year. Colby Miller was primarily bars in her career, but that was like her best event. She's a Big Ten champion on that from 2022. And then there's Hannah Oliveros who did beam for the Buckeyes, and Maddie Pike, who did not really compete, That's from my memory. That's a lot of people. Nine people. It's the same amount I'm as I'm over here, like, checking my watch. Like, is, is she done reading off this list? <laughs> I was really surprised. Like, I don't think I processed that they lost that many people until I was preparing for this podcast. So, yeah. interesting. So, they still have, you know, a pretty good team, I would say. They've got Ella Hodges back. She's the number one returner on floor. Alexis Hankins is the number one returner on bars. And then they still have their star, Peyton Harris, number one on vault and beam coming back. She qualified at NCAAs in her freshman year as an all-arounder and is really just steady on every event. She's yeah. extremely consistent, has a 10 of start value vault, one of the only, actually, I think the only one that they have in their lineup mm-hmm. because they lost Jenna Labax. Was it a full-on pike off? I think that was the vault she did. Don't hold me to it, though. <laughs> Anyways, Peyton Harris is like their big star on every event but particularly on vault with that one and a half Mm -hmm. it's huge for them so always grateful to have her of course then the addition of sydney washington i need to talk to her about this (laughs) i plot twist of the century literally so she grew up in ann arbor michigan her dad was the assistant coach of the basketball team actually is he still the assistant i think he think he still is the assistant coach here at Michigan. And so when I found out she was transferring, I was like, oh, we got this in the bag. Like, like no question. And then she's like, actually, you don't have it in the bag. I'm going to the rival school. (laughs) Like, how do you grow up in Ann Arbor, have a father who's a coach on a big sports team at the University of Michigan and go to Ohio State, the rival? I I just, I'm not judging. I just did it just to spite you. I need to know like what the thought process was and like how difficult or easy. It's interesting. Honestly, we're not like saying that from like a judgmental standpoint. We're intrigued by it. Like, I think it's really interesting. And honestly, I think it's cool that she felt comfortable enough to go off and do her own thing and not have to be affiliated with anything that her dad has done or where she grew up. Like, no, totally. I I think it's kind of awesome for her. I'm just like so curious about it. So Definitely going to try and get her on after season because I just feel like we have to talk about that. She's going to be a huge addition for this team on vault and floor primarily, but I also could see her do the all around. She did all around for Pitt, which is where she came from. I feel like her bars and beam scores there weren't really like consistent and not like super high scoring. So she has potential to be an all arounder. I don't quite know if Ohio State needs her on those events. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with her there. But I would say for sure, look for her on vault and floor because she's amazing on those events. Who knows? With a different training environment, maybe she'll improve on some of her weaker events. Totally. So freshmen, they have a pretty big freshman class with six coming in. And all of them have lots of potential, I would say. Yeah. So there's Ellie Binger, who was ninth on vault at nationals this year. She got fifth on bars and fifth all around at regionals this year. And then she was sixth on bars at nationals in 2022. There's Samara Buchanan, who was fifth on beam at nationals this year. Third on bars at regionals this year. And the Florida state champion on vault, bars, beam, and then the all around from 2022. And then she was also eighth on vault at nationals in 2021. There's Mary Green, who finished eighth on floor at nationals in 2022. She's the region five floor champion from 2022 and also the Ohio state floor champion from that year as well. There's Grace Walker, who was a national qualifier in 2023. She's also the 2022 level 10 national champion on beam. I shouldn't say the, like there was multiple national champions on beam. We actually got a question about that. We'll have to answer it in another episode. I mean, honestly, we could just answer it now. It's super easy. There's several different divisions so junior a senior a junior b senior b all the way through f i want to yeah. say and so there's an all-around and event title winner in the junior and senior category for each of those letters yeah i just think it's funny i've caught myself saying it several times like she's the floor champion or she's the big champion she's like the one and only and there's she's, like she's one of many from that year <laughs> yeah 
There's also Mason Raider, who is a two-time Level 10 National Qualifier, and the Region 6 Vault, Bars, Floor, and All-Around Champion. She also won Vault, Bars, Floor, and the All-Around at States this year. And then there's Courtney McCann to round things out. She finished fourth on Floor and sixth on Beam at Level 10 Nationals in 2022. She won Vault and Beam and was second All-Around at Regionals in 2022. And she is the Texas State Champion on Vault and Floor and was also third All-Around in 2022 as well. So definitely a lot of potential in this freshman class. And I think a class that's going to be relied upon heavily to fill some of the spots left behind from people like Claire Gagliardi, Alexis Edwards, Colby Miller, Raina Malice, mm-hmm. Cindy Jennings. I mean, they lost quite a bit, but I think this freshman can fill those holes. This freshman? <laughs> this singular freshman? <laughs> Shut up. Which one? Can you specify which one? Yeah, I can actually. I think Courtney McCann is going to slay for them. She's training a one and a half on vault. She has a career high of 9.85. On bars, she has a career high of 9.8. A 9.85 on beam. Uh, We got to talk about her back handspring two feet layout on beam. It's so good. It rivals Connor McLean. Literally like, it does. It's really, really, really nice. And I think she's planning on doing it in college. Yeah, we we've saw seen her. videos of her doing it. Yeah. So that's exciting. And then floor, she has a 975 career high. So okay. you want to like put me on the spot? There you go. <laughs> that was smooth. I liked that. <laughs> what was I saying before? I don't, even remember, I don't even remember. But I have a thought. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with the vault lineup. Ohio State, I think we've said this before, but some of the best Yurchenko foals yeah. being done in college gymnastics, like aside from Peyton Harris, who has the Yurchenko one and a half, they're a competitive vault lineup with foals. Yeah. Which kind of slays. Like they like, go hard on vault. Big amplitude, good form in the air. Nice really, layout position. Yeah, really good at sticking the landing or having like a really small hop. I mean, really like they can hang with some of the best despite not having all the 10 of star values. But now they're losing Alexis Edwards, Sydney Jennings, Raina Malice, and of course, you know, Jenna Layback. So they're losing quite a bit from their vault lineup. But then they're gaining Sydney Washington, who's a phenomenal on vault. Courtney McCann, I think I can see fitting into the vault lineup pretty well. And may have a, a one and a half in the future. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen it yet at Ohio State. That doesn't mean that she's not training it. We just haven't seen a video of it. Right. But like something to keep your eye on for sure. Yeah. Mason Raider, potentially, I think I could see coming in here. I'm, I'm, I'm just curious, like with the loss of so many incredible Yurchenko foals, who's going to step in with an incredible Yurchenko foal? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've viewed Ohio State for several years now as this incredible Yurchenko full vault team, and I'm curious if that's going to continue. So that's one of the big things that I'm going to be looking for this season. Um, but, but as far as, like, a, a strength and a weakness, I would say weakness, maybe potentially on bars. I mean, they're losing Colby Miller, who's a Big Ten champion on bars, Alexis Edwards. Um, plus, they're not getting Stephanie burger back which obviously they didn't have her last season either but But it's like another option that they don't have now Mm -hmm. in terms of depth i think samara buchanan could make the lineup here sydney washington as well she has a career high of 9.9 from her pit days but her average is a 9.706 from last season so it's not her best event and so i don't think that she's gonna step in and be like a bar queen necessarily for ohio state but it's another option if they need it yeah But I I agree with you. I think even just with losing Miller and Edwards from last year, those were two consistently high-scoring routines. And I don't know if I quite see anybody immediately stepping in and and filling that role in terms of scoring. But I think the potential is certainly there. As far as the best event, I would say probably floor. I mean, they're losing Claire Gagliardi and Alexis Edwards, two athletes that consistently went over the 9-9 mark, but they're gaining Sydney Washington, who has a career high of 9.95 on floor and has an average of 9.84. So floor is honestly, I would say her strongest event. And she's a great addition to this lineup. Mm-hmm. They have Tori Vetter, who's absolutely beautiful on this event. Kaylin Mintz, who has a really nice tucked full in. Peyton Harris, Oh, duh. Yep. And Ella Hodges. So we mentioned at the very beginning of this, she's the highest scoring returner. She has a 9.873 average on this event. So they're returning a lot of the strong people they had in the lineup aside from Gagliardi and Edwards. But I feel pretty good about it with Washington coming in. I also think some of the freshmen have potential to get into the lineup here. Oh, absolutely. Um, Particularly Mason Raider. She has a career high of 9.85 on this event. So 
I see that being a really strong event for the Buckeyes this season. And I think in terms of like a season outlook, I think they're just continuing to climb. You know, the Big Ten Conference is getting more and more competitive, which I absolutely love to see. We're seeing more teams really being able to challenge Michigan for that top spot. I don't quite know if I see it happening for Ohio State this season. But like down the line, for sure, I think that they are a really strong team. I mean, 13th nationally is phenomenal. And if I'm remembering correctly, they were in Norman last year and Oklahoma was making some mistakes and Ohio State was just on fire. And Mm -hmm. there was a, a second there where I was like, Ohio State could make it through to nationals, potentially. And that's just it. That's the kind of team they are. They're the kind of team that, like, right out the gate or on paper, you don't look at them and think that they're going to, like, make it to nationals or, you know, win the Big Ten championship, anything like that, necessarily. But if one of those top teams make a mistake, boy, are they ready to capitalize on it. And that... I think it's just the most exciting thing about gymnastics. It's exciting when it's not happening to your team. (laughs) We know how that feels, but I think it's good for the sport. You know what I mean? It's good to see more teams in the Big Ten challenging those top teams. And I love it. I think it's great. Being competitive nationally. I've loved in recent years seeing Michigan State, Ohio State, Iowa, Minnesota. I mean, this past season wasn't the best for Minnesota, but the last couple of seasons when they had Anna Loper and Lexi Ramler, like, and, and Maya Hoon, of course, also a nationally competitive team. I mean, they were a team that made it to nationals twice in their run. So we love Big Ten Gymnastics. And we're here for all of these teams really pushing the envelope and pushing the top teams within the Big Ten Conference, but also outside of the Big Ten Conference. Okay, so we're going to pause. We're going to I was going to say, I need a second to think about this. <laughs> I, I cannot be put on the spot with this. I mean, I can tell you that I think Oklahoma's going to win. All right. All right. Well, we'll give us a second here. Let's gather our thoughts and we'll be back in just a second. Okay. So I discovered while doing this that I hate it (laughs) because like we were saying earlier, there's so many good teams that deserve to be at nationals and legitimately could not only be at nationals, but also make the final four. Like I genuinely think that every team that I'm about to say on my list could all make the final four Yeah, on any given day. And they also could all not make it to nationals if they have a bad regionals. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it just got in that competitive, which I love. But it also kind of hurts because that means good teams are going to be left home. Yeah. And, like, sometimes it ends up being your favorite team. As we all know, that happened last year to us with Michigan. So I just think there's a possibility for upsets again this year, which, again, is fun. It's exciting. It's good for the sport. And it's also kind of scary and sad at the same time. So do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You can go first. Okay, so my top eight is Oklahoma on top. I have LSU second. I, to be perfectly clear, would love an LSU upset. I just think Oklahoma, with their history, with their level of confidence, consistency, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat. But I think LSU is also up for the challenge. So Okay, so far we're the same. I have Florida third. I, um, when I was doing this, I entirely forgot to put florida like i, I had a look up road to nationals i was like crap i'm forgetting florida did you put them in or? they are now okay. yeah they're not in my final four okay well i have florida third just because they always somehow end up being there you that, know that's fair they always scrape it together. this is literally impossible to predict yeah oh you can't you can't it comes down to who hits under pressure like honestly like physical talent and health is important but I think when it comes to regionals, mental toughness is actually what gets you into the championship. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, it's a, well, a combination of those three things, I should say. Um, I have UCLA fourth. Then I have Utah fifth, Bama sixth, Cal seventh, and I have Michigan eighth. And then I have a note here. MSU upsets a top team. It makes it international somehow. You said MSU? Yeah. Okay. I have that well. Well, they're not technically in my top eight, so I'm kind of not making sense. Like, I don't actually oh. have them in the top eight. But then I also have them on, like, upset watch. So I think that MSU, I feel like MSU could upset a top team and make yeah. it in 100%. Yeah. No, um, totally. Okay, so I have Oklahoma, LSU, and I was so conflicted with what to do with this Final Four. I didn't want to commit to anything, but I ended up going with UCLA and Utah. Okay. Just by vibes. Like, I just that's just what I feel is going to happen. Not necessarily what I want to happen, but that's just what I'm feeling. I mean, they all have solid teams. Like, that makes sense. And then rounding out the Nationals crew, I have Florida, Alabama, Michigan, and then Michigan State as well as that team on the brink that's going to break through. So no Cal, though. 
So I have my Brink teams are Kentucky, Denver, Cal, and Mizzou. Like those are the teams that are going to get painfully close. They're going to kill it at regionals and they're going to miss by like just a tenth. Because someone didn't stick a ball. Yeah. At all of the regionals, it'll be Kentucky, Denver, Cal, and Mizzou are the ones that. And as you guys know, really this all depends on what regional, like how seating works. You know what I mean? Like what regional all these teams fall in. And then even as far as the final four, what semifinal at nationals? Yeah. Like last year, it wasn't possible for both UCLA and Utah to make it, assuming that Oklahoma made it. So you could have predicted all season long that the final four was going to be, you know, Oklahoma, Michigan, UCLA, and Utah. But in the end, it wasn't possible for Oklahoma, UCLA, and Utah to all make it. It really came down to seeding coming out of regionals and what semifinals they were placed in. But it's going to be a really exciting year. It is. And we want to know your guys' predictions as well. So we'll put a little question for this episode. And unfortunately, you can only do it if you're on Spotify. That's just how it works, unfortunately. But you can still send us your predictions. Yeah, send us your national predictions and your final four. And if you're listening on Spotify... You can kind of like scroll down a little bit and you'll see a little box and you can put that in there and we'll publish some of your responses. That does it for this week's episode and also our final episode of the year. Kind of sad. It's that time of year where you get sad because the New Year's right around the corner. But also excited because I feel like lots of good things to come. Actually, some very exciting things to come. Yes. You guys will know more soon. But we want to say thank you not only to our Patreon supporters, but really all of you for supporting us this year. This has been by far our most successful season of the podcast yet. And that's thanks to you guys. It's thanks to everybody who listens every single week. Thanks to the people that support us thanks to the people that message us on social media thanks to the people that share our episodes i mean really everybody we cannot thank you enough for all your support all your kind words it really means we say it all the time but it really does mean so much to us so thank you so much for making this year so special and we're wishing you and your loved ones a safe and happy holiday season and also a happy new year yeah and we will see you guys in 2024 the olympic year we're already how oh my gosh i know i'm like what <laughs> next year is gonna be so great yep college gymnastics season is right around the corner and then we have a very busy elite season ahead as well so it's gonna be a great year we can't wait to talk about it with you all see y'all on the other side love y'all bye, bye.